I'm Shell Shearer, author of Urban Fantasy and Cozy Mysteries. I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Hello, welcome to Indie Book Talk. Today we're talking about how to get press for your book. Which is fantastic, because in the next couple months, I want to be publishing my first book, and I have no idea how to get word out there about it. Okay, well, no idea, no idea, no thoughts at all about how you want to attack this? Well, I mean, definitely I'd want to do the social media thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to build, like, a, an author Facebook. Um, but no, um, please tell me, where should I start? Because I am, I am a newbie. Okay. So I would say the very first place you want to start when you're talking about press. Well, first of all, let's, let's define what we mean by press. So when I talk about getting press for your book, I'm mostly talking about people who aren't your readers, right? So there's an intermediary person. Mm. This could be a news reporter. This could be a blogger. This could be a podcaster like us looking for guests. Okay. Um, but these are the people that you have to talk to not really to them personally, but to what their listeners or viewers or readers want to hear about. So your first thing to look for is what we call in the news business, because I was a journalist back in the day, what we call in the news business, a news hook. And basically that's just, what's the big idea that I'm going to latch onto and say, yeah, I want to hear more about that. So kind of like a the blurb for the back of the book that I want to get out there? Tell I'm not sure I'm getting Not it. necessarily the blurb. Because the blurb is, here's what this book is about. Mm -hmm. The hook is, why should you care? Okay. So the person that you're pitching isn't a reader, remember. The person, I mean, they might read, but that doesn't, they're not your end audience, <laughs> right? I hope they read. I would like them to read. Please, Please read. <laughs> Everybody read, Okay. So they're not your end audience, though. What you're trying to tell them is, why does your audience care about this book? I'll use one of my okay. own books for an example. It might make it a little more tangible. Sure. So my first novel, Nothing's Ever Lost, is about two teenagers who die in a car accident and go on an adventure through the afterlife. Mm. There are themes in that book that could be relevant to news people, to bloggers, to podcasts that are not necessarily the story itself. So I could say to somebody who does a podcast about mental health, here's how I researched and talk about grief in my book or suicide, which is a topic that comes up in the book. I could talk to news outlets about, hey, I'm a local author or some other thing that connects me to that particular news outlet and their readers or listeners. Okay, so mine's a cozy, which has a, a theme of a particular type of game. I could reach out to the people that do that hobby, mm -hmm. uh, people that talk about that hobby and go, hey, maybe you'd like to read a mystery about it. Absolutely. Okay. That is a great thing. Anytime that you have a really clear um, part of your book. So I've heard people talk about, oh, well, my main character keeps bees as a hobby. Great, fine podcasts that talk about outdoor living or beekeeping or even like nature and environmental podcasts. So for you, if you have a game in yours, you can talk to people who are in the gaming community, who do tabletop gaming, who talk about gaming and blog about gaming and get excited about that. 
those are all great places to start to start getting people interested who aren't immediately your readers. Okay. So you don't think that would go for any kind of particular type of book? I mean, I don't know if you'd want like a romance about a game or a mystery about a game. I mean, wouldn't the theme of the book matter as well? The genre, I guess? The genre of the book does matter depending on the outlet you're talking to, right? So if you're if you're doing a, a romance and it has gaming in it, you could talk to somebody who does blogs about tabletop gaming for grownups, but you probably no. don't want to talk to like a kid's blogging you know, somebody who's blogging about how to play games with your kids, right? That's probably not a good fit. Valid point. Okay. <laughs> but the biggest thing that, you know, that you want to get creative with is finding this hook, finding these things, and there's usually more than one, right? So if you're only coming up with one, you may not be thinking creatively enough. You're getting kind of stuck in, well, this is what I know the book is about. Um, it's mm-hmm. often handy to give your book to somebody who uh, you trust, who's, who's a reader and say, you know, what, what are you seeing? What, what are the big questions? What are the topics that really interested you? And sometimes they come up with stuff that you didn't even think of being like, oh, that's a really good idea. And I can pitch that. You can also do it from the other direction where you go looking at media outlets, you know, a particular blogger and you're like, oh, I really like how this blogger writes. What have they been interested in, in the past that might relate to my book? And then you use that as your entry point. But you probably have to be careful not to stretch too far. I mean, yeah. you don't want to to make it fit. The most important thing, and this is the part where people people get a little squirrely about pitching themselves, right? When they're like, "Oh, but I'm gonna," it's basically sales, right? I'm gonna sell my book. I'm gonna market my book. That gets really people get weird about that. Mm-hmm. And the thing that keeps that from feeling weird is to be super genuine. Talk to people who you think are cool, who you really want to tell about your book. And if they share it with their audience, that's even better. But make okay. a real connection with them. Find something you actually do have in common. Or, you know, you you have books that you've read where you immediately think of someone. You're like, oh, man, I want to tell so-and-so about this book. Look for those media people, whether they're bloggers or podcasters or news people who you feel that way about. You're like, oh, they would really like this and then tell them about it because they're people too. And they want to hear about things that they're interested in. Selling myself is so hard. I know it's really, it really comes down to a mindset thing, right? So you, it feels, it feels slimy if you're just thinking about selling yourself, but that's not what we're talking about. Really. What we're talking about is I have this cool thing and I want other people to know about it. That, True. That's a different that's a different thing, right? I want everyone to read my book. Especially when I talk to teenagers in high schools and they're talking about, you know, I don't I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm what I want to be when I grow up. You know, those sorts of feelings. Like I I feel them and I want to help them. And this the my first novel does that, you know, to, in some small way. And I know that because readers have come back to me and said, oh my God, I love this book. It changes the way I think about myself. Okay, Aww. well then I'm happy. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so mine's a cozy feel-good mystery. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. But if someone just enjoys it while they're sitting in their, their den, I'm happy. Well, you have to um, remember, a cozy feel-good mystery can also change someone's life. They might read that on a day when they're sad or or lonely or just like, 
feel like they just need to escape from life and you've given them this beautiful, cozy space to be in. Well, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. See, you've given them a gift. (laughs) Okay. So let's say I'm, I'm doing the press thing. Mm -hmm. When do I start? I've heard that some people, these, these blog tours are like booked out a year in advance. I, I have not planned that far in advance. I mean, how do I, when is a good time to start effectively to get word out there without exhausting people and boring them about the book before it even comes out? I would say there, so there are two questions kind of in there that you asked the, I'm going to address the second one first, which is that the likelihood of you boring people is very low because to you, oh my gosh, I've written 43 blogs about this. But every one of those blogs is is to a different audience, a different group of people. And maybe, maybe somebody sees it in two places, right? But the likelihood of them seeing it three or four or six times is it's not going to happen. And if it does happen, that's actually a great thing. Because think about the big, huge bestseller books. They come out with all this fanfare and you see them literally everywhere. And you like every, every bookstagrammer and book blogger and random reviews on YouTube, they're all talking about this one amazing book that's coming out by whoever the big person of the day is. And so you think, oh man, that book sounds really amazing. Everyone's talking about it. I better join everyone and also talk about it and know what's going on. And so you go read the book. Okay. So not really a downside. Good. Not really a downside. There's almost no downside. So to answer the initial question, you should start as soon as you possibly can. And I define possibly can as I absolutely know I'm going to finish this book. Uh, generally I would like, I like to tell people to have a first draft. Some people would argue with me, but Mm -hmm. in my world, you don't really know a book is going to happen until you have a complete first draft that you can look at and say, okay, there's something to work with here. Um, if you're one of those people who's like, nope, I wrote an outline and that book is happening, then sure. Start then. (laughs) But even still, let's say you have the first draft. I mean, there's still a lot of work that has to go into that book. You've got to get an editor in there. You've got to rewrite. I mean, is after the first draft really a good place to start for prep? Or should you have a more finished work ready to go? So the the closer you get to your actual publication date, the easier it will be to get press. But if you're thinking creatively about press and about not just the book itself, but about you as an author and what you can contribute, then mm-hmm. starting early is is good because there's lots that you can share. You could be on a podcast like ours and talk about your drafting process or your editing process. Okay. I'm trying to get my brand out there. I exactly. Guess. So when you're marketing a book, the book is the product, but you are the company. You are the the brand name. And so you want to be marketing both things simultaneously. And that sounds kind of scary, but it's really not. It's just talking about what you love to do, which is write stories and share them with people. Well, that makes sense. I mean, they'll start realizing my name means, you know, this type of book. And hey, she's finally got it out there. Maybe I better go check it out. I've been listening to her talk about games and mysteries for two months now. Exactly. Exactly. So the other thing, though, and the very, very important thing, the caveat, I guess, is that if working on press is taking a significant chunk of your writing time, then scale back what you're doing with the press because you have to write the thing before you can sell it. Right. So you don't want to get so caught up in the whirlwind of 
podcasts and news articles and all this stuff that you don't actually write the book. <laughs> but my name will be out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your name will be out there, but there'll be nothing for them to buy. So that's not very helpful, is it? Okay. So I can see that. So what, what other steps should I be taking to get work? Okay. So we talked about finding your hook, looking for people who are interested. So those middle people who are going to be wanting to share your story. The biggest other thing, and this is a huge thing for most authors, is to look professional. You're, if you're talking to a reporter or a book blogger or anyone who does this routinely and in high volume, they do not have time to hold your hand through this. They're not, they're not going to send 52 emails back and forth going, oh, but can I get a copy of the cover? Oh, but where's your bio? Oh, but what other books did you write? They're not doing that. So you need a clear, singular place they can go and get everything they need. So like a press release site on your website. Right. So you want a press page on your website. If that sounds scary or if you are not a website person, you can literally put all of this in a Google Doc or some other shareable document and have all the live links you need, and that's fine too. But the best thing to do is to have a page on your website. If you go to my page, emmagauthor.com, or to my publishing page, imperativepressbooks.com, you will find media pages on both. I think on Emma G Author, it's called media, and on the other one, it's called press. But either way, it's a page with a quick little blurb about who I am or who the publishing house is, and then a link to my headshots, a link to my Facebook and Instagram and whatever social media you have. Um, and then I have covers to all my books in clickable links that they can just download the image. So you make it nice and easy for them and they don't have to do any extra work. Right. So the more information you can provide for them so they don't have to hunt things down, that's going to make them much more likely to actually pick up your story. Because sometimes these people are trying to fill a hole. You know, I had a person from my local news outlet in Maine uh, reach out to me at, I want to say it was like nine o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, do you have time for an interview today at 10? You're like, yes. And I said, yes, I do. And I had a relationship with her. She knew me. She knew that I was going to be a professional person she could talk to, but it was also that I was ready and willing to do that. You know, I wasn't too scared or needing four days of prep in order to feel like I could be on camera. So some of it's practice too. You know, the further out you start with maybe mm -hmm. smaller outlets, newer podcasts, newer blogs, people who don't have a huge following, that can actually be really good because you can get all the kinks out and feel comfortable before you're on big media. Would you ever put um, reviews on your press site? Like people, other authors might have said about your books or is that just going too far? No, I would put those if they're really good. Um, Anything you have, think of your press page as a resume or okay. a LinkedIn profile, somewhere where you can say, look, I'm fabulous and you totally want to work with me. <laughs> I'm so fabulous. Now, that doesn't mean you have 43, I don't know why 43 is my number, 43 uh, like reviews. <laughs> That's just the go-to number, apparently. Um, you don't need 43 reviews, right? That's too many. But one or two well, that are... Like occasional, like, you know, one or two, like, nice... So they can get a view of what other people are saying about your work. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing that can go on your press page, the press page can also be for people who are just curious about you, you can include all of your press appearances. So featured on a blog post, put a link on that page. Featured on a 
podcast like ours, be on that page. And then somebody can look and they can see kind of street cred, right? Oh, she's been on TV. She's been on the radio. She's been on podcasts. This girl's got it. We can talk to her and we know she's going to be okay. So do you have any advice for the introverts in the world that the idea of being on podcasts and all this is terrifying? Is there a way for them to do press without having to speak a lot? Or is that pretty much... You want to be an author, that's what you're going to need to do. There are things you can do. I mean, you can target more written media, right? So bloggers and those sorts of things. Um, print journalism is still very much alive, just in different formats. <laughs> so that's a place. The other thing is, if you are uncomfortable talking or uncomfortable being on camera, practice. Join Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. Record yourself and listen. It sucks. Listening to yourself talk is like the most horrible torture in the world. But I do it to edit this podcast because I really want to share this information with the world. So the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll become. And anyone that you know who you are like, oh my God, they're so good at this. They're good at it because they've practiced, because they've done it a bunch of times, because they stand in front of the mirror and feel stupid, but say, hello, my name is Emma G. Rose and I am the author of Near Life Experience right? Over and over and over until you've memorized your entire presentation for your virtual book launch. No, definitely. I mean, I have to talk a lot for my, my day job. And the first few times I had to stand up in a ballroom and speak were terrifying. And now I can do it, you know, give me no notice at all. I can, I can get out there. Talking about myself, however, that's going to take some more practice. It really helps if you do have some stock things, right? So you should have a good answer for how did you start writing? Why did you write this book? Uh, are you a plotter or a pantser? What kind of books do you read? Research the most frequently asked questions of authors and have some good answers ready so you're prepared. Right. So, And most interviewers will give you those softball questions up front because they're not out to catch you. They just want to have a good interview. So right. they're going to ask you those things that allow you to show off who you are and what you do. And if you have prepared answers, then you'll feel more confident. You'll, you'll be like, oh, I know this, this one. I've done this before. <laughs> Sounds good. So what else would you recommend I do? Any, any, any last minute tips or thoughts? The biggest, I think the, the biggest thing, aside from being professional and practicing, that people sort of fall down on is they send one pitch one letter, one thing. And then they're like, okay, I'm done. I sent one. They didn't answer. I'm so upset. I, I did the thing. I did the thing. So you can't send one. You send dozens, hundreds even. And if you get 5% or 10% responding, you have done an amazing job and you should probably go get ice cream. Because these people- <laughs> promise ice cream? Yes, ice cream, ice cream. These people are busy. And they have a lot on their plate and they're not sitting around going, oh, I wonder what Shell's doing, right? So you have, to, I know they should, but they don't. So you have to catch their attention. And sometimes that means you follow up. So if you send an email and a week later you haven't heard back, email them again. But after that, probably stop. Maybe one more time, right. maybe. But after that, probably stop because, you know, you don't want to be that person who's like badgering them every day about being on their podcast. There was one more thing. What was the one more thing? I thought of it. Oh, the other thing, very important thing that we didn't talk about. Everybody thinks getting press means I have to write a press release. Wrong. You do not need a press release. In fact, if you send a press release, it might just go in the garbage. The best thing you can okay. do is to format it as a 
personal note to the person. So, you know, dear book reviewer, I know that you're into gaming and so am I. And my book, Super Secret Title, is all about gamers who get killed while in the Hamptons. So now you've caught them, right? A, mm -hmm. a, a press release that's just like, author Shell Shearer will release her third novel on November 3rd is so boring that I fall asleep just yeah. thinking about it. So write to them like they're somebody that you want to know because they are, and then treat them like people because they are. And if you get a journalist or a blogger or whoever who doesn't treat you like a person, stop talking to them. We don't need that business. No, definitely. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, and join us next week when we find out what Shell's been reading. Yeah.